And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It's Saturday night, Matt, it's you and me, we're back again with all of our friends here. We got comic book news, comic book reviews, we got all the things that a growing boy could need, I guess. I don't know, I fucking gave up on that one halfway through. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah we, we were planning on just inadvertently cancelling the show. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just because that's the thing you do nowadays. Oh my god, could I actually cancel this show and take a tax write-off and if so, how much? <laughs> An $80 million tax write-off. Like, look, I'm not gonna do it, I just wanna know if I cancel it, how much money could I get? I'm just saying. Uh, this is just a question, you know, I'm just asking questions out here in the world. <laughs> yeah, don't worry everyone, we're definitely gonna be talking about that, we're gonna be talking about everything. Sorry, sorry about the hat, I've got a bad case of bad hair, I forgot we were even on tonight, so I didn't comb anything. <laughs> it happens. It happens. How, uh, how, uh, how you been, Matt? How, uh, how have been things? Pretty good, pretty good, just been, uh, been out working hard, working on, on the grind, as, mm. as the kids say these days. Um, yes, rise and grind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It never stop the grind, no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no. It, I, I've uh, had a pretty good week. I've been playing. I've been playing um, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yes, um, I saw. I, I I bought number three, and then I saw number one was on sale, so I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll just grab that. And I've started number one before I moved to number three, and I'm planning on getting number two. But getting a physical copy of number two is next to impossible. Yes, it's one of those really rare ones for some reason. I know the people who are into Xenoblade are into it a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, like every every copy I've seen through like Amazon or like private sellers is of like $200 for a copy of this game and yeah, it's just I hate that Nintendo do that where they only make yep. a limited copy of They're so of weird. specific video games. They're so goddamn weird about it. Now, again, hey, I am not advocating for emulation. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes they do a better <laughs> job keeping these around than any uh, than Nintendo themselves do. And and sometimes the performance is better. And sometimes it's a little better, but I'm not saying anything about anything. Look, I, 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 I can speak with, you know, real authority when my Ein Odin finally shows up. <laughs> Yes, that was my uh, birthday gift to myself this year. I took the dive and where it's like, okay, you, uh, what is it, kind of reputable Chinese company, let's do this. Nice, nice. Whenever you order anything from China, it's like, okay, so it's going to be like four months until it gets here, if it does. Yeah, yeah well, they have to like put in all the listening devices and well, of course, microwave yeah. transmitters and naturally, all naturally. that sort of stuff, yeah. You know, once I play it for a little bit, I will be the Manchurian candidate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll just stand up one day and decide you want to go, like, attack the capital or something. I don't know. <laughs> Joke's on you, Chinese government. I'm too unfit to be able to do any of the tasks <laughs> you ask of me. <laughs> I won't be making it far at all. <laughs> Take that. Uh, I was going to try to say whatever their president was, but I couldn't remember. Shaoxing uh, Ping, that's his name, right? Uh, the Pooh. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh, everyone makes fun of him because apparently he looks like Winnie the Pooh, and so he has outlawed Winnie the Pooh from the entire country. <laughs> that is a special level of dictator pity where, or, you know, pettiness, where it's just like, fuck you for saying I look like this fictional character. <laughs> I'm just saying if I become a dictator of a country, no one is allowed to, you know, recreate uh, pictures of Bobby Hill ever again. <laughs> Never again. Not Not on my watch. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't the only game you played this week. You got that uh, new Digimon Survive game, too, you were saying on Twitter. Yeah, I haven't actually had a chance to play it yet. 
um, but I'm, I'm planning on playing it maybe a little bit tonight. I know it's uh, a lot different than what I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. It's kind of like visual novel-ish. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a light novel, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to know how much, because I've always liked Digimon. I've always had a soft place in my heart for it, and I think it's cool that they're rolling the dice on more interesting sorts of games. Now the card game is back. They mm -hmm. uh, have a new version of, like, the Digivice thing you have yep. where you can put little cards in it and, like, raise them like Tamagotchis. I always I always respect Digimon for existing. I hear even that new uh, show they have, Ghost Game, is pretty good. Oh, really? I, the, the last thing I... Because I remember there was a while there where like, it felt like Digimon just kind of went away. It did. Um, but yeah, I remember I the last thing I, I watched of Digimon, they released like a bunch of really good movies. Yes, yes. Like, the uh, the Try movie yeah, where they go yeah. back to the original uh, characters. Yeah, they were, they were really well done, really well produced, a bit more of a mature story, and I really Fair. like them. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing the new game. They did those, then they like remade the first season. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. from like the ground up and i think that got a dub actually so that's actually coming out yeah. fairly soon in dub form yeah i might have to check that one out uh, for what it's worth but yeah ghost game i hear is good because apparently it goes more to like the digimon season three where it's kind of like a weird fucked up horror thing in a weird Ooh, way interesting like how Tamers was, where it's like, wow, Tamers gets really dark and psychological at some point. And then you see the director's other work, and they're like, oh, well, we thought this would be the last time we'd ever be allowed to make one, so we just went for broke and just did something weird. Yeah, nice. Yeah. But uh, yes, everyone, believe it or not, we are not a Digimon podcast. <laughs> we are a comic book podcast. Yeah. Though, though maybe next time we do Retro Hero, if people are interested enough, we'll do an anime arc. We'll do like a childhood I'm sure, anime arc. I'm sure people would love to see see us go through like animes we watched as kids. I'm sure they would. Okay, we'd have to do Digimon. We'd have to do like Metabots because no one remembers Metabots. And I think Metabots was actually dope. <laughs> if it's going to be ones that we watched as kids, there's going to probably be a lot of like fucked up 90s ones in there. Yes. Like, uh bubblegum crisis and ad mm. police and and yeah. shit like that ninja scroll there you oh fuck yeah ninja scroll which had a show i have never seen the show i have watched the movie way too many times yeah yeah i think everyone's watched seen the movie it's like my oh. first anime it really is and it's like yeah that explains a whole lot of our generation yeah. doesn't it yeah not only did I see Ninja Scroll when I was way too young to see it, I saw it on television because on Teletoon here in Canada, they would play like the more fucked up uh, anime movies like late at night on mm -hmm. Fridays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had that here as well. Yeah, so that's where I saw like Ninja Scroll and uh, the original Ghost in the Shell and like New yep. Dominion Tank Police. Yeah, I remember I saw, uh, what was it, Wicked City on, mm. uh, on it. That's one everyone remembers with the, the weird like spider lady prostitute yep <laughs> tank, great now i can't stop singing the tank police Th tank police <laughs> we give it our best shot tank police they were not screwing around with that theme were they <laughs> someone says do dragon ball z yeah but what episode of dragon ball z because episodically <laughs> the show is them. kind of lame <laughs> all of them <laughs> like we remember the great moments and the great sagas as they connect but it's like what one episode can you you know what we'd have to the one where piccolo and goku learn to drive that's the one yeah like yeah. episodic one and done story yeah the one where like goku has to like try and get a job yes those are yeah. those are the ones those are like the ones that have no fighting have no connection to anything else the ones that i hated as a kid but i love now as an adult mm -hmm. <laughs> 
because I relate to it now and I find the humor of these crazy anime heroes having to do regular normal people shit. <laughs> Uh, all right, but yes, believe it or not, everyone, we are a comic book show, and we have comic book and superhero news for you. We do. Uh, starting off this week with the big piece of news that ended up kicking off a whole domino effect of other pieces of news that make us question where DC Comics and Warner Brothers is going to be in the next few years, and that is, of course, Batgirl was shelved to, you know, much dismay by the new Warner Brothers Discovery regime and the new president, David Zasloff, a man who I don't think any of us knew his fucking name last week, but now everyone knows it for better or worse. Yeah, yeah, this kind of came out, it literally came out of nowhere because not even, yes, like, the cast or even Walter Hamada, the guy Zaslav is replacing, yeah. who's still technically in, in charge, in charge didn't even know it was happening. Yep, didn't didn't tell them jack shit, just announced on a whim, apropos of nothing. Yeah, we're canceling this $90 million movie. Oh, it was done, basically? Yeah, well, we don't care. We're going to shelve it and take the tax write-off, which, uh, for those who don't know about entertainment tax law, taking the tax write-off on a movie like that means that they can never release it. Yep. Not streaming, they can't even sell it to another studio. It just rots in their vault. Yeah, it, it, that, they delete it, you know, all, yeah. all that hard work and everything. Unless someone, of course, uh, goes rogue mm. and leaks it. Which would be a lot of people's hope. I mean, hey, let us never forget that the only reason you got Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool at all was because some person, you know, uh, leaked the sizzle reel. Yep. Which, the longer that goes on, the more it might actually have been Ryan Reynolds himself, actually. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure it was. Because it's like, ah, they can't hurt me. I'm Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. I am the Reynolds. I am too powerful. <laughs> Come crash against me like the rocks of eternity and be broken against the <laughs> mighty Reynolds. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, really fucking sad for all these people, you know. Uh, the, the, they kept giving a bunch of reasons as to why they did it. Oh, it was a tax write-off. It was a money thing. Oh, it tested badly. Oh, we won't release anything I have any, you know, that we don't have faith in, as the new regime of Warner Brothers discovered. I'm like, okay, you're giving lots of answers, which makes me think that you did it for a super petty reason, and that mm -hmm. is you just didn't want to release anything that the regime before you did which happens all the time when company acquisitions happen yeah absolutely and also the the i keep seeing people saying they really they weren't releasing it because it was like unreleasable like it was terrible mm -hmm. those rumors started with one like news article from like a really like dodgy source but people just ran with it and of like course. whenever you'd ask like well what like what else did they say like why is it uh unreleasable why is it irredeemable no you can couldn't get an answer let, let us also not forget that this is warner brothers who has put out a lot of what i would call unreleasable shit so yeah. even even if let's say even let's say hypothetically that they were correct and the movie was somehow bad or unreleasable i mean fuck i've seen the other shit you've put out yeah yeah couldn't be worse than i mean shit people were excited about this one for a number of reasons uh young up-and-coming actress with a mm -hmm. lot of upside that people were really excited about lead a film yep two ethnically diverse directors who had just come off a massive success because of their work on miss marvel yep uh brendan fraser as the villain which had actually been getting a lot of buzz mm -hmm. apparently his version of firefly was great yep and uh, also, hey, uh, the first ever out trans character in a DC property. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the that, that's something I didn't actually know until I saw recently they were posting uh, 
the the uh, person was actually posting about the movie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that, but yeah, that that was pretty cool. And then of course Michael Keaton's Batman. And Michael Keaton back as Batman, which is one of those things. It's so we'll get to the Michael Keaton story later. But yeah, you had fucking Michael Keaton back in a Batman suit a whole long time before you were ever going to get it in that Flashpoint movie mm-hmm. that you still may or may not end up releasing. And they thought to just kill it dead. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Also, the movie was supposed to be going to streaming anyway. It was made for the sole purpose of going to streaming. So, like, what? What money were you going to be losing on this by putting out more content? I will freely admit, I don't understand how streaming services make their money, but it seems like you could have made some money versus the maybe yeah. no money or just the tax money. Yeah, I, well, I think that like their main motive behind it is that like a, a movie going direct to streaming shouldn't cost ninety, maybe a hundred million dollars. Like, like yes. I imagine they've seen like what what's happening with Netflix, where like that mo- recent movie they did, The Gray Man, uh, yeah, it yeah. cost over two hundred million dollars, and it spent Jesus. its time at number one for only eight days. Wow. So, so they they spent two over two hundred million dollars to spend eight days at number one. Like, is Which that is worth quintessential it? Quintessential Netflix to have something forgotten the next day yeah. after they promote it. Yeah. Uh, also, hey, uh, Kali Frederick helping us out twice in the chat. There, you guys see the set photos that got out afterwards? Yes, and they made me more sad about yeah. what we lost. Yeah. Uh, Kali Frederick again saying, "Don't forget J.K. Simmons." Yeah, and they brought fucking J.K. Simmons back for it too. Yeah. And we lost that. Jesus Christ insane uh of course it wasn't the only thing that we shelved uh it was part of a whole bigger belt tightening uh agenda that zaslov and the new regime at warner's discovery are trying to pull off they apparently also shelved that scoob sequel haunted holiday which was at least 90 percent done according to the director who also didn't know when they were told yeah i don't think anyone knew that any of this stuff was happening and yeah. yeah, it's it's just strange because Zaslav he also said that like they're committed to like Brands. doing doing more to streaming and everything, and I'm like, well, you just you just cancelled two fucking big films. Everything Zaslav said because this happened and there was a bunch of statements. Then there was an investor call. Everything this man said sounded completely contradictory. Like, oh, we're focusing on our biggest brands moving forward, but you canceled a bat-centric thing. Yeah, and that's that's what was really fucking crazy about this. This is something related to fucking Batman. I mean, yes, and that, that, no. that, I could see it go two ways. And first, it's like fucking insane that they canceled something bat-related because it's fucking Warner Brothers and DC. They fucking love. That. Yes. But then on the other hand, it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Are they going to start investing in other characters now and not rely on the Bat brand? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute to put a <laughs> pin in that. That's definitely something to come back. So, yeah, you cancel two big brand things. Then you're like, oh, it's time for us to tighten our belt at the company now. You know, we need to trim the fat as it was over here. Time to get rid of, you know, some lame ducks. But again, these these were done. These could only be profit for you. And then he also turns around and says, we're going to spend more money than ever before now. We're <laughs> going to spend more money than the people before us. And I'm like, well, that makes no sense. How do you trim the fat and spend more money? Yeah, it's it's strange. I mean, yeah, I don't get it. Maybe his reasoning is like, well, the money we spent on like Batgirl, $90 million, we could use that to make three films, you know, three $30 million films. That's more content, more, you know. Again, it, it all seems very fucking weird. 
it seems like I think this dude just had a personal axe to grind. We we don't believe in the project. No, I don't think you believed in a female-led movie is what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah. And again, if you track down Zaslov's quotes, which were very easy to find now because he's under a fucking microscope now, the general consensus is the man does not care much for women. In fact, as part of that big investors meeting, uh, they came up with a bunch of slides that people saw where they were talking about the integration for, uh, what is it, HBO Max and uh, Discovery Plus, the company <laughs> that he came from originally. And oh, was there some like shockingly disparaging things about women being like, oh, women don't like scripted content. You know, they, they like lean back content. You know, they like genre stuff, you know, stuff they don't have to pay attention to because they're too busy making dinner and doing tiktok in their hair the, the, those those slides that i kept seeing were just they were they were so so hilariously like simple and it's like like there's touch. that there's that one where it's like content goes to streaming like ah oh, so that's how it works ah oh, okay you see i'm stupid and didn't know that <laughs> It's also not just that he shelved two movies that were done, but apparently also took a bunch of movies off HBO Max, a bunch mm -hmm. of their original stuff, like an American Pickle and a bunch yep. of other stuff. Yep. Which, Which seems like a fucked why? up way to run a business. You know, I bought home box office, but I want there to be less box office than ever. Yeah, I, I wonder if maybe his, his reasoning for that is maybe they could take them and, like, sell them to like or make other places or something and then that way because they were all like movies that had some type of star power like you mentioned yes. american pickle that's a, a seth rogan film people are gonna yes. want to see that and people have seen it you know yes it's good i'd say it's probably one of seth rogan's best things in years mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. track that one down everyone i don't know if you can buy it on dvd and you certainly can't get it on the app anymore but you know find ways matey is all i'm saying <laughs> But yeah, that's such a bummer. Like, everything about that is so weird. He also talked about, like, you know, the brands we're going to be loyal to moving forward. We have a 10-year plan for DC and DC Comics. Also, he called them DC Studios, even though they've never done that before. I mean, maybe that's what they're doing now? Maybe. I don't know. He said he had a 10-year plan that we want to find our own Feige. It's like, well, do you have a Feige? Do you have people in mind? Do you know what your 10-year plan is going to look like? No, but we have words for it, though. Yeah, we're... we're 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 announcing that we're going to have an announcement for an announcement that we're going to have a plan <laughs> that is absolutely what is kt he sounds like a man i don't want having my money yeah imagine the people who are working for him now yeah well not a lot of people are because didn't he like can like 75 percent of fucking yes. hbo max or something Yes, all of the script is 70% of the scripted department is gone. They're going to be Oof. cutting back on their animation department, which, fuck me. I rely was already so kind of cut back on already. <laughs> yeah, already, because it doesn't matter if you're AT&T or if you're Discovery or who was ever there before. Apparently, no one respects animation as an art form. And fuck me, Harley and Young Justice were keeping me fed and keeping my lights on. Yeah, fuck lose cape crusader in that superman show i am i am going to plot i might need to find another job it's it's really again i'm gonna bring it back to anime like it's kind of insane that they would think that when you see things like crunchyroll and funimation doing so much fucking business because of the content they deliver and that's all animation it's all anime and all uh what, what they would probably consider just cartoons quote unquote yes and that you know manga is 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 super popular now like how, how do these white old men not see this 
it's also too hey animation the thing that held up these streaming services during the pandemic when they couldn't have real actors stand next to each other yeah for fear of getting sick and dying animation literally held up the whole thing but it's like matt fuck them also like it's warner brothers like they're 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 like origins star some of the best animation i know it's insane Looney Tunes. Now, here's the thing. He did say he did say Looney Tunes was like one of their major brands, but then he also said shit that made no sense, like Friends and Sex in the City and The Big Bang Theory are your big brands. And I'm like, those shows are done. Some yeah. of them have been done for years. Yeah. How, how much more are you gonna wring from shows that are already done? I noticed you didn't have anything new on here. Also, hey, w- when they talked about the DC brands they wanted to focus on, it was Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. But not the new logos we've been dealing with, the old logos. Yeah. Well, I think they were just like, you know, some whoever fucking made the graphic. You In know, a minute. Superman logo, first one I've ever seen, you know. I just, I just think it's funny where it's like, wow, you took 10 whole seconds to work on this. Yeah. They also redoubled how much they think uh, Harry Potter and Game of Thrones are going to be big new brands moving into the future. And I'm like, ha, 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 that's so cute. I can see Game of Thrones being we've got that new show coming out, which actually looks pretty decent. I, I truly wonder how that one is going to be. Yeah. I truly wonder if anyone is going to be interested. Because as we've said time and time again on this very show, one bad finale and one book never coming out basically nuked the entire game of thrones fandom i don't see merch i don't see cosplayers i don't see anyone yeah well i guess we'll find out very soon i guess we will and as far as harry potter goes it's like oh man you poor sons of bitches you signed a 10-year deal with this woman who is desperately trying to make herself the new orson scott card and the movies are getting worse yeah yeah well i somehow i don't think we're going to be seeing any more fantastic beast films no, well, apparently they still have two. They have two that still well, need to be done. Well, they they say that, but then like the last one like bombed hard, just because like probably, no one was fucking interested in the story. No, they're probably gonna fuse those last two movies together as some sort of yeah. mercy killing. Yeah. I also I also find it hilarious that freaking Ezra the Criminal Miller is in both of those, is in that and in the DC franchises yeah. as well. Yeah, the the one that gets to stay around. Yes, because again, that as the producer of Flashpoint says, all is well all in is Flashland. Well. Don't don't look over here. Yeah, please look, pay look no attention. Here. You know, to the criminal behind the curtain who is apparently driving across America with a loaded gun and body armor, <laughs> avoiding questioning from the police. Everything is fine. It's, there is yeah. no war in Washing Say. Yeah, how, how the fuck are they gonna even release that? Promote film? that movie? I know, right? And here we have Ezra Miller calling in from his sex island. <laughs> yeah, from prison, from uh, from their cult uh, HQ in Iceland, which is the new thing today that yeah. apparently they were running a cult com. You know, I'm like, why, why at DC Warner Brothers do you keep hiring people with cults? Like, it's weird that it keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Just, just a fucked situation. And obviously, again. Much like Rowling, they have to ride or die with this terrible decision they've made because they pumped $300 million into Flashpoint that we know about, which means they've yeah. certainly sunk more into oh, it. Oh, absolutely. More. Even yeah. more, yeah. 
They need it to set up their new status quo. They need it to introduce Michael Keaton, which actually, you know, leads us to our next story there. Apparently, Ben Affleck will be replacing Michael Keaton in the cameo role he was supposed to have for Aquaman 2 because test audiences had no idea that Michael yeah. Keaton had come back because that's a Flashpoint thing and they can't promote Flashpoint outside the one teaser they had. Yeah, and not only that, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see because Flash was meant to come out before Aquaman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was supposed. It was yeah. supposed to be out like this year, I think. Yeah. So I reckon we're gonna see some sort of switch where Aquaman comes out first, which is why they need to replace, you know, Keaton. It'll be the exact same role, but just like, oh, this is set earlier, like before Flashpoint, so we can't have Keaton in it. So we need like the current quote unquote Batman. Yeah. Fuck. Again, just such a such a fucked up situation. And again, you could have introduced uh, Keaton Batman again in this Batgirl movie, yeah. but you're not gonna now. Yeah, yeah. Which, Jesus fucking Christ, it definitely seems like a lot of shit is changing all over the place. Even at on the CW level, this will be the last season of The Flash, which I essentially means this is the end of the Arrowverse as we know it. I sincerely doubt Stargirl is getting another season after this one now, given what this guy seems to think about female-led stuff. Mm. I fucking hope we get more Superman and Lois, but geez. I know we're getting a third season because they've just started playing, like writing it all out and everything. Right. Well, that's good, but also at the same time, I'm afraid where it's like, this dude canned a finished Bat movie, yeah. which means he's capable of anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess, guess we'll find out. I do find it funny, though, that the Flash TV show is finishing, uh, I don't and, like, the the flash movie is coming out when they were both announced at the exact same time yeah jesus christ you got nine seasons of television in before you got to do one movie yeah <laughs> that is that is pathetic that is you gotta take your ball and go home and think about what you did yeah what a what a fuck situation but we have a 10-year plan guys we're totally going to be keeping up with marvel yeah you know who else said they had a 10-year plan the last four you know regimes of this company green lantern with ryan reynolds was supposed to be part of a 10-year plan they have a 10-year plan until in that sometime in that 10 years they decide oh, they're going to sell wb again to walmart or whoever the Amazon. fuck yeah fucking whoever now, here's an interesting theory that I heard. And again, this is maybe a little conspiratorial, maybe a little tinfoil hat, but tell me what you think. The rumor is, is that this Zavlov guy is like a super right winger and a big Trump supporter. And part of buying Warner Brothers is he also got to buy CNN, which was a company that he was mm. actually a president of back in 2017. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, fuck me, is the reason this guy is making such boneheaded decisions with entertainment and the superheroes and everything is because he never wanted the entertainment arm of warner brothers he yeah. just wanted cnn oh that's that's interesting i i mean maybe i know there there is reports that like when when he came on uh he fired like fired Everyone. some i uh, fired uh ann sarnoff who was like the highest yes. ranking woman in hollywood fired yep. her and replaced her with a white guy uh, well, white, he, white apparently he fired everyone yeah, on yeah. the boards, yeah. which is surprising because, as from what I understand, the Warner Brothers board of directors was one of the more diverse was, in Hollywood, yeah. as as you know, as diverse as it gets. And yeah, he fired them all and replaced him with his old white guy golfing buddies. And it's like, ooh, boy, that's bad optics. Mm. Yeah, I, but also like 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 as you said, like maybe it is related to the CNN thing, but also there's like hint that like everything he's doing it it seems like it's like some sort of sabotage 
Like, like he's just doing it to like maybe bring its value down or something. Yes. In fact, stock prices were down 15 oh, yeah. to $16 in just two days. Again, uh, to, 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 to make a succession reference, which is also an HBO show, maybe, maybe this is one of those toxic bear hug situations <laughs> that corporate raiders do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's exactly like everything he's doing is exactly like what, like, yeah, corporate raider would do like just tank the stock and cancel all these movies that are finished all these hyped up movies that are coming out you know and uh you know make everything seem like it's going to be killed off or something you know make it and create a lot of chaos in the market make it look like you're stupid and incompetent and then through back channels start selling off everything yeah maybe one of his friends will come along and be like i'll take i'll buy that Yes, I'll I'll buy DC Comics Publishing. Yeah, yeah, that's like another thing I could, that could even sell like off just DC itself. Yeah, because they didn't mention the comics arm because like no. they probably de- again this man made his fucking fortune in goddamn reality shows. He's the one who made Toddlers and Tiaras, Honey Boo Boo, Mama June, Property Brothers, Ninety Day Fiance, the big success that they are. He probably doesn't even know he bought a fucking comic company as well. <laughs> Someone's just telling him now, like, wait, I own comic books. You do? You mean I just don't own the superhero IPs? Uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, say what you want about AT&T as masters and all the fuck-ups that they did. At least they knew that the comic mm-hmm. company existed enough to be like, hey, you gotta call this next event uh, 5G. Yeah, yeah. Because we're a cell phone company. Yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta wonder what, like, what, what was this gonna be about? When when are we going to hear, you know, the ripple effects as they reach comics? Because with AT&T, a lot of fucking people got fired. Mm-hmm. Like, people who had worked there at the company for years who were very important to the overall running day-to-day operations they just got rid of. Hey, it was also around the time Dio left as well, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's still kind of open-ended. Was he, you know, fired or did he just leave or what was that about? Yeah, yeah. I guess only time will tell. I do hope uh, nothing d- does bad happen to DC Comics, uh, especially, like, given everything we've seen of the guy and how... Uh, rather yeah. uh right wing he is uh the stuff he likes and the stuff he doesn't yeah, like yeah especially like considering how dc comics right now is probably the most diverse it's ever been it is it really is isn't it you know you got the pride specials which have been great again that was ironically where they reintroduced uh batgirl's trans roommate and gave her mm-hmm. like a super moniker and everything and i'm like mm-hmm. shit yeah it would be it would be sad to see them backstep on all that good work they've done no no doubt about it yeah yeah but yeah, so that's the state of Warner Brothers right now. We had said this when they had got bought the first time, where it's like, well, we won't know what this means for a while. Well, we kind of know what it means now. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, little, it's a little chaotic and a little not good and a little we don't know. Yeah, it also explains why we never heard anything from uh, San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> right, that's when we should have known something was up, where it's like, well, yeah. they got a bunch of shit that's done. Why, why, why are they doing this now? Yeah, yeah. Why did they bring only two things? Oh, because these are the closest things to being done. And, you know, one has the rock in it, which you want to keep happy and everything. Yeah, I saw someone say that, like, this is... Uh, what did they say? They said something like it's all going to, like, kind of revolve around the rock now. Mm. Like, which kind of fucking makes sense, you know? That's something that he probably would put in his fucking contracts. Yeah, um, which I 
which is like, yeah, all right, that's fine enough as it is. The Rock is definitely one of the, he's like the biggest star in the world. But also, The Rock don't need nobody. The Rock writes his own checks if he mm-hmm. decides he wants to be president next year, which he's talked about, or if Paramount offers him like a billion dollars in a private island to go do more Fast and the Furious, he'll go do that. Yeah, 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 it's, it's fucked. I, I wouldn't build anything around The Rock for just that reason, because The Rock doesn't need anybody. Well, I wouldn't build anything around The Rock anyway, just because he never plays, like, you never see, like, the character he's playing. You just see the fucking Rock. Most like, of, when yeah, I see Black Adam, I don't like, see Black Adam. I just see The Rock. Yeah. That's why I actually like Black Adam in the comics this week, because he was actually acting like Black Adam again. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was actually being kind of like a morally gray, morally dubious prick, finally. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That was good. We'll talk about that when we talk about comics this week. Uh, but yeah, so everything is up in the air. We don't know if Doom Patrol is safe, if Harley Quinn is safe, uh, if any of the stuff we actually like is safe. James Gunn said that Peacemaker Season 2 is safe, and I would have to imagine if anyone would have to get like an ironclad contract written out, it would be James Gunn, a man yeah. who has been fucked over by studio <laughs> politics once before. Yeah, yeah. A man who says, like, look, I'll do it, but you need to sign a piece of paper that says it doesn't matter what happens to you, my thing comes out yep. when it's supposed to. Yeah. Also, too, like, I think Peacemaker had, like, one of the highest, you know, digital streaming releases of all time. Yeah. Not just the really company. Popular. But, you know, it was very popular, so they probably want to keep him happy and keep him sweet. Also, if they're serious about this 10-year plan, and if Gunn is serious about being done at Marvel after a uh, freaking guardians of the galaxy maybe they want to keep him nice and close and be like well what if we give you a billion dollars to run ours i know you said you didn't want the feige position but what if we just give you so much money you can't say no yeah well they hit the peacemaker show and they there was talks of like a waller show or, yeah. or or something developing in her so yeah he's definitely sticking around yeah yeah absolutely uh where were some other ones there oh here's one that pissed me off and they just mentioned this uh what is it in that conference apparently they canceled hacks which pisses me off <laughs> just apropos of nothing like oh yeah and we're canceling hacks fuck you joel we know you like that show. <laughs> we're leaving it on a cliffhanger so you'll never know you know what uh, what happens to these characters after this no god damn it uh, Functorial helping us out. We can all agree that the hierarchy of power in the DC universe did change. Yeah, I guess it did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess, I guess the Rock didn't specify how it was going to. Be, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, he's technically right. <laughs> and the Rock was also saying like the hierarchy of power in the Taliban just changed like minutes before they announced that they <laughs> killed another Taliban leader. What I'm saying is the Rock is really plugged in and gets briefs already, like the president. <laughs> He's more informed than most people, The Rock. The Rock needs to stay up to date on everything. He opens his mind to the universe and information just, you know, funnels in there. God damn it. Yeah, I guess he wasn't lying. The hierarchy of power did change. Fuck. Nah. Uh, another project we know is certainly safe is our next story because Lady Gaga 100% confirmed that Joker 2 musical as well too is going to be coming out and she's going to be in it yeah I don't give a fuck yeah I don't see I don't give a fuck but also I totally give a fuck because I cannot wait to see how the edgy Joker bros and the pretentious film snobs are all going to have to pretend now that they like musical theater yeah yeah which is one of my favorite genres, so I really cannot wait to see, you know, them all contorting themselves. No, we love musicals. No, we think they're great. It's wonderful. 
Well, you know that they're just dying on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Also, too, of all the projects that made it through this one, I mean, I guess Joker made a billion dollars, so I mean, you know. Didn't it win an Oscar as well? I guess it did, didn't it? Yeah. It did win some awards, but, you know, whatever. I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. It might not be good, but it's going to be interesting, and at least this one is taking more creative swings than the first Joker is by being a goddamn musical. <laughs> It almost feels like a movie made on made on a dare, where like Joaquin Phoenix is like, "I'll only come back if it's a musical." Yeah, yeah, that'll teach him. Yeah, they're never yeah, gonna some, make that. some some uh, insane demands and stuff, and they just greenlit them all. And he's like, "Holy fuck!" God damn. Yeah, I'll, I'll only do it if it's a musical, and only if Lady Gaga acts uh, yeah. opposite me. And I, we can make that happen. And I only want the brown skittles. Exactly. We can only have brown skittles on set, and uh, you got to train a nurse monkey to help me out. Uh, yeah, we'll do all those things. What? Are you serious? I could have had anything I wanted. Why didn't I wish for more? I'll I'll do it, but you got to like stop world hunger. <laughs> God damn it! If I knew, I could have wished for anything. But yeah, there's that movie coming out. It's a real thing. It's gonna be a trip one way or another. I don't think it's gonna be good. But I definitely think it's going to be more interesting than the first one. If anything, we'll just we'll get more Joker memes, more more funny gamer Joker memes. Yeah, which is which is really what it's all about, honestly. I mean, those yeah. memes will live anything. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all about it. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm about. Uh, now moving on from there, uh, some Superman news, Matt, which you might actually know a little bit more about me that, or more about this than I did. Uh, the death of Superman had its anniversary very soon. In fact, uh, it kind of coincided with the death of the Justice League because mm -hmm. it was Justice League 85 like it was Superman 85. Well, to celebrate it even further, there's going to be four brand new stories from the original creative team. Yeah, expanding on, on the death of Superman and stuff that happened before and after. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, you excited for that? I know you'll probably cover it because, you know, you're a Superman completionist. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they're going to be doing with these characters and, like, who exactly they're, they're going to be bringing back in, in these books. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny, too, to see both Marvel and DC at the same time returning to Wells for Marvel. It's like, oh, we're going back to Craven's last hunt. Yeah. And for them, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going back to uh, Death of Superman because why Superman. not? Yeah. Every everything that's old is new again and always will be. Yep. I mean, all right, that sounds good. All I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, that that's coming out quite soon, I think. Yeah, fair. They, they announced it like very, uh, like very impromptu. Mm -hmm. uh, another bit of new stuff coming down the uh, pipeline. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur are going to be getting a brand new comic ahead of their cartoon debut. Yeah, I see. Of, of course they are. It's uh, going to be written by Jordan Efuco, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and Elba Glez is going to be doing the art for that one. Again, I never read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, but every comic book store owner I know talked about it at length, about how that was, like, the most popular comic with, like, little, little kids. Mm -hmm. As it should, because it's about a fucking dinosaur that fights yeah. crime. I mean, that's, like, a winning, winning combination. Exactly, exactly. Again, that's like one of those books that should always be in print for little kids. And uh, did you did you see the little clip they show of the cartoon itself? I did. It looks fun. It looks cute. It looks cute, and I hope that's a good indication of like where Marvel is going with its animation. Obviously, you know we have high hopes for the zombie show they're doing, and more what if that they're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. So you know that's uh, that's good. I hope Marvel really pours more money and time into animation because we know Warner Brothers isn't going to be. Yep. So, you know, gotta gotta get our fix somewhere. 
another new book we got coming down the pipeline, Dear Detective, which is going to be a special new black label one-shot from Lee Bermejo that looks like every other Batman thing that Lee Bermejo has done, honestly. Yeah, again, more, more bat label books, you know. Yes. You know, I used to be excited when Lee Bermejo came and did stuff uh, for the bat titles and everything. Yeah, yeah, but it's just it's just still the same stuff now. It's yeah, exactly. It's just a glut. So little that actually looks and feels like uh, exciting anymore. Because again, it's just it's just all the same. What if Batman was dark and gritty? Yeah, yeah. What if he was just dark and gritty? He probably looks something like this, wouldn't he? That's that's my thing. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I guess someone must be reading it because they keep making them. Oh no! I, I people keep reading them. I don't know why, but because they're always almost always the same story. Yeah. What if uh, what if he was sad? You know. What if it was darker <laughs> and grittier and sadder than ever before? I tell you what, though, that Batman Fortress book is pretty fucking good, though. So I hear. Yeah, you like that. I might have yeah. to check that out. It's not a Batman done. book. It's a fucking Justice League book. <laughs> Well, there you go. Which, you know, they do a lot of that, too, where it's like, well, let's call it something different then. Yeah, like Joker. <laughs> yeah, like Joker. Let's just call it something different, <laughs> even though it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah, as the chat's reminded me, too, they also went back to Long Halloween with Tim Sale to also do kind of a continuation spinoff thing with that. Wasn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, that I remember that, yeah. Holy shit. I did I didn't read it because the animated movie had left such a bad yeah. taste in my mouth. I'm just like, leave fucking Long Halloween alone, please. I, yeah, I completely. I remember we talked about when that was coming out, and I think yeah, we were just pretty much the same. We're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Also, hey, I'm hearing the thunder out my window, so if I suddenly just drop out for no reason, you'll know why. Yeah, you got struck by lightning. I got. So, I mean, I do do the. I do the show by a window. If people couldn't tell, so that's why. That's that's <laughs> what this thing. You're like said. holding a metal pipe out the window and just like raising it into the sky. You know. It's like, wow, Joel, he died. How did he die? Oh, he got electrocuted while doing a podcast. Really? I mean, was it like faulty wiring? No, he had a pipe that he stuck out a window during a lightning storm while he talked. He kept baiting Zeus, you know? It was, it was yeah. weird. <laughs> Fuck you, you stupid swan transforming motherfucker. I dare you. I dare you. You Russell Crowe chubby motherfucker. I don't fear death. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> Well, you know, he died doing what he loved, and that's the important thing. <laughs> we should all be so lucky. Uh, another thing I love is talking about comics, because that's all the news this week. Uh, should we talk about what came out this week? Yeah, let's. Oh, I, I guess, you know, we should talk about the cover of the episode that you picked, but we got a better look at the Daredevil costume as well. Yeah, and it's yellow. It's Daredevil in yellow. I mean, we, we basically already knew it was going this way anyway, and yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah, it was, it's not Daredevil, it's Demolition Man. That's got to be the, like the big swerve. Everyone thinks it's Daredevil, but it's Demolition Man. You said that, and I laughed for like a good five minutes. Can you imagine? It? Like, that is something I could see a She-Hulk show doing. Yes. Everyone thinks, oh, so it's just going to be Daredevil. It's going to be Daredevil. It's fucking Demolition Man. And he's just Every shit. <laughs> Everyone would shit their pants and die if that was the case. <laughs> if it, But we would laugh, and we would have a great time about it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the chat saying too. What about Chris Claremont? Yeah, Chris Claremont had like a full-on oh, yeah. senior moment. Yeah, he did a classic boomer moment. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I think Chris Claremont has gone soft in the brain. Everyone again. There's yeah. a whole thread about the rant he went on at a comic convention that he showed up late to his own panel. But I think we can all officially agree we can stop listening to him now. Yeah, there's 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 a reason why Marvel uh, keep him in the basement. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I like that. He, I like how he let. 
he made it very clear that he he's, he's, he's extremely jealous about what's going on with Krakoa at the moment and that he didn't come up with it. Very much so. Yeah, there is uh, there is like <laughs> cups and cups of haterade, you know, jars and jars of salt and just bad vibes all around. <laughs> Which like Jesus Christ, you're Chris fucking Claremont. What are you so upset about, man? It's like goddamn, why did I think of all of this amazing story? <laughs> I mean, just be happy that you made a lot of people happy with your work and that you laid the foundation and that your legacy was until like a couple of days ago, you know, shirt up and everything. Don't spend your last years just in like a shower of sour grapes and pissiness. Yeah. So that's the thing. Oh, yeah. He was also apparently pissed off about Miss Marvel implied to maybe be a, be a mutant, which, yeah, sounds like something a pissy old man would say. Yeah, yeah. He then finished his panel by telling all the kids to get off his lawn. Yeah, in, in, a, in a southern, like, Cajun accent. Yes. Yes, he then turned the sprinklers on and told everyone to get off his damn lawn or he'd call the police. <laughs> uh, but with that, everyone, we can actually talk about what we read this week. Yeah. Uh, where would you like to begin, Matt? <coughs> uh, let's talk about Dark Crisis issue three. Yes, yes, I read this one not that long ago. I liked this issue much more than the previous two. Mm -hmm. I was actually a little unsure and a little indifferent about Dark Crisis when it started. This one, you know, kind of reeled me back in because it wasn't nearly as meta as the other two issues were. It wasn't, and it started bringing all of the plots sort of together and Indeed. Uh, balancing them out really well. It did, even though there was, like, plenty of stuff to poke fun of, where it's like, oh, the Justice Society is here to help. Why didn't we ask them first? Yeah, why didn't you ask them first, actually? Why did you, A, try doing it on your own, and B, then let Black Adam try and help you? Look, Jeff Jones wouldn't let us, you know? I guess not. From wherever he is, they had to, like, get the rights that he, you know, has freaking in a death grip. <laughs> But yeah, it was nice to see that. It was cool to see John stand up to Black Adam too. He's like, the problem with you millennials today is you're too soft and you don't kill people like I would. Not only that, like, stand up to Black Adam and have Black Adam be, like, slightly terrified of him. Yes, it's cool because much like his dad, John doesn't fly off the handle no. all the time. So when he does, you know it's fucking serious. Yeah, yeah. I like that a whole lot. That was fun. Uh, I like Green Lanterns going on adventures there and also making <laughs> reference to other crisis events. Yes, other events where like Parallax and, and Brightest Day, mm. Blackest Night. Oh, oh, Pariah, go Pariah going on stuff. that. Yeah, Pariah going on that oh so classic. You're not so different, you and I, Hal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how come you're allowed to bring back Coast City, but I can't bring back an entire multiverse? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was Parallax, and I didn't do it, and people were mad at me for, like, over a decade about it. Oh. So much to the point they had to change. And also, apparently Hal may have discovered the true secret of what the Great Darkness is after and how to stop it, but then he also gets trapped in one of those weird little dream worlds we've been seeing all over the place. Yeah, so this issue made it very clear to—I'm I'm sure, like, you and I both already knew this, yeah. but, like, many people assumed the Justice League were dead— yeah, they're not obviously. they have been turned into weapons for the great darkness and their like bodies and life energy have been put in like paradise worlds where yeah. they think they're like alive and like living out like a perfect life yeah. and whatnot but really their energy is being used to like fuel whatever this crisis is going to be yes absolutely which yeah that's a clever concept yeah means they can just come back because they're not technically dead 
not technically dead. Also, Pariah thinks like, no, I'm controlling the great darkness. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm making up for my great mistake. And Hal's like, no, you're not, dummy. This is always the way it works. You think you're controlling it, but it's controlling you. Yeah, it's very obviously controlling him. <laughs> very obviously controlling you, dummy. Uh, what's great, too, is that, you know, Black Adam's finally like, okay, so I guess, you know, the young heroes... Well, you know, they're not down with my murder plan, so I guess I'm going to go recruit the Legion of Doom to come and help mm -hmm. me, which is actually a really unexpected twist. It is, yeah, and it's a kind of a cool twist as well, because uh, we're going back to, like, the the day, like the early days of the Scott Snyder Justice League run, where, like, yes. the, the Legion of Doom were, were trying to be the heroes of the Earth mm -hmm. uh, because they knew Doom would only work against Perpetua and all that sort of stuff, and yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that a lot. Actually, I got one comment that actually made me laugh, where they're like, oh, how could this Legion of Doom ever hope to defeat the AAA villains of the Secret Society? And I'm like, uh, yes. about that. In case Prometheus, the, the, the AAA villain Prometheus. Yeah, in case you didn't notice, Joshua Williamson literally went out of his way to purposely stack the Secret Society with only cult deep-cut villains that only people like you and I would remember. Like, fucking Raptor is on there, yeah. for Christ's but sake. They mention it this issue where it's like all these c and d list villains are starting to like just like get more mm -hmm. bold and everything thanks to what slade's doing and it's like yeah that's all his secret society is just c and d list villains yeah cult villains don't get me wrong cult mm -hmm. villains that people like you mm -hmm. and i love and people like josh williamson love but definitely c and d listers to where damien even says i think that was his plan all along just throw c yeah. and d listers at us until we're too weak to fight back yeah they throw them into the meat grinder yeah yeah, and they're fearless because, you know, they know we don't kill, so they're just going to keep coming at us. Yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, I mean, not a bad idea. I, I also, like, like it, we see it all the time in comics where, like, the villain, like, you know, like, the heroes know the villain isn't going to go too far, but then they they have that story where they do and they're kind of surprised. Mm -hmm. And I like that there's that, that unwritten rule where it's like a hero and villain fight. They know they're not going to, like, kill each other or, mm -hmm. or do anything. They're just fighting and everything and... I always like it when it's referenced in the comics where like a villain goes too far and like like yep. Slade's like starting to like he like shoots uh, Beast Boy in the head and everything yep. and it's like oh that's that's like a little bit too far <laughs> that's too far there's there's rules here you're breaking the rule that, that's why I love Venture Brothers so much because it's a whole comedy about the stupid rules that heroes and villains live yeah. by yeah and that it's all just like a bunch of like friggin' office bullshit like oh have you you know put in form 37 if you're gonna you know maim a hero this badly you have to put in a form but you have to tell us before you do it. you just can't do it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and the great darkness is like no fuck your rules fuck your everything this is this is what we do now <laughs> also slade now knows how to start another crisis then it involves barfing all over people yeah giving everyone like the black goo the goo we gotta spread the goo yeah the secret of the ooze <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what this is really all about <laughs> that's what they were gonna call this they were gonna call this the ooze crisis but they thought you know dark crisis sounds better <laughs> also hey because we got the justice society and we got the titans and young justice and basically every team from every era how long until the legion of superheroes show up i'm pretty sure we uh they're still fighting the dark the great darkness in their little book at the moment yeah right because these books are still connected and i'm like well the great darkness is a legion threat so you know when are they gonna like get involved i'm sure i'm sure yeah, i'm sure it's coming yeah i guess so i wonder yeah, wonder if they're gonna bring back the the young justice as well from whatever the fuck they're up to and wherever the fuck they are <laughs> 
Yeah, in their dream world, that's not really a dream world. Yeah, that's kind of like a really racist, homophobic look yeah. at the nineties. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they got the defective dream world, is what they got. Oh, <laughs> uh, is the chat saying? Yeah, they mentioned Leanne Harper. Yeah, I fucking forgot that yeah. Williamson brought Leanne Harper back, and then no other writer bothered to do anything about it because Green Arrow never got another series. Well, I think that well, that was uh, it was all built up in the secret files the infinite frontier when where uh roy came back to life as the black mm -hmm. lantern and then came back to life properly and he learned that his his daughter was still alive and he's still trying to find out where she is alive and in the catwoman book at least in the last run i don't know mm. if whoever took over the book is still writing about her yeah so there's a thing <laughs> yeah watch any 80 horrors any 80s horror movie that's how they infect people yeah with the ghoul yeah they just spit it into your face yeah the goo, the stuff, the thing, all the buzz. <laughs> That's how they do it. But yeah, so that one was actually pretty good. I liked that Dark Crisis. I was actually into that one, which is good because I was getting really worried like three issues in. I'm like, oh my God, do I not like this series? <laughs> I don't want to not like a big crisis moving forward, but I feel like I might not. Yeah. <laughs> so there's something. Uh, what else you want to talk about, Matt? Uh, let's talk about Batman. Yes, exactly. Batman 126, the continuation of the Chip Zdarsky story. In the last issue, Penguin had killed himself with a cyanide capsule and framed Batman for it. Yeah, and because of it, failsafe activated, which uh, just going off its name and what it is, uh, is just a contingency plan against Batman. Some sort of killer robot that I can only assume Batman built to kill him if he ever went mm -hmm. too far and started killing supervillains. Yeah, and he doesn't remember it because he had it, like, mind wiped from his own mind because knowing your own contingency plan is, like, it's pretty bad. It's probably bad. Yeah. It's bad for business, which, you know, I, I like that thing about it where he's like, yeah, you know, uh, I know my mind has been tampered with. I know my own mind. And the fact that I don't remember this thing, but it's familiar, means that I probably built it, and that's pretty fucked up. Uh, overall, this issue was actually a really great focus piece for the sidekicks. It's Batman mm -hmm. kind of needing to rely on people. Yeah, he can't. He figures he can't fight this robot, uh, which has a mesotech in it, uh, on his own because it just catches him off guard yes. and it knows all his moves and everything. It just ruins his day. I, uh, I liked this one, too, because, you know, that first issue, I'm like, okay, so Zdarsky's going back to the Miller well. It's going to be more of, you know, Batman is a dark, lone crusader, you know, with internal mm -hmm. monologues. And this issue completely turns that on its head. Yeah, yeah. It, he, he, he keeps trying to do it, but realizes that he can't. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a great bit there where Batman's like, you know, maybe I am projecting on my sidekicks you know maybe i will forever be haunted by my dead parents dead butler dead marriage but you know i still you know love my kids and sidekicks for you know trying to have normal lives and balance their passions <laughs> with also trying to be superheroes and i'm like oh that's nice batman in his private moments yeah yeah it's good it's good maybe say that to them next time bruce i bet they'd like to hear it <laughs> no they can't hear it there's, there's no, too much uh, <laughs> i'm a big softy in my internal monologues but they must never know <laughs> but yeah the idea being that if batman can't trust his own mind he needs to pull out ironically yet another contingency for a situation like this and he needs to once again become the batman of zurinov yeah the, the, this is where this is where the book the, the book hooked me i'm like okay okay zadarsky you, you got me 
it's a it's a big dick move is what it is you just don't yeah. bring out the batman of zur and all like a two decades later yeah. if you don't have an idea behind it exactly exactly and yeah I, i'm i'm looking forward to this yeah i mean how, how can you not this is like zadarski being like look whatever you thought this book was it isn't yeah yeah this is gonna be crazy <laughs> This is this is my own thing. Also, what a fucking great time for fucking Grant Morrison ideas because you got Rom V bringing back Barbatos in Detective Comics, then here they're yeah. bringing back Zur and I. I guess comic time really is circular. It's like, oh, it's yeah. been about 20 years. I guess we can start doing black case files shit again. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, what else are they going to bring back from uh, the goddamn Morrison years? Mm. The ghosts of Batman, remember them? Yeah. Where they were like cops brainwashed and yep. shit. Yep. Doctor Hurt. We haven't seen Doctor Hurt in a bit. Yeah. Well, and he's tied with Batman's, uh, the Batman of Zero and R. So yeah. Indeed, he is. So that could be something they. They should just like that. just be like fuck it. We're just gonna bring back the original Zero and R. Who's like that alien. Alien. Inspired, oh, um, inspired by Batman. Man, if any writer could get away with it, it's Zadarsky. <laughs> he's like my problem with Batman nowadays is he doesn't deal with enough aliens. Yeah. I'm going to fix that. There's going to be 90% more aliens in this story. You mark my words. And one of them is going to be dressed like Batman. Because why the fuck not? We're also going to bring back Zebra Batman, too. <laughs> going to bring a ball back. Uh, but yeah, that was good. I like that one. Uh, another big story that came out this week was Immortal X-Men, issue number five. This is the first of what will be very many Judgment Day tie-ins yes. brought to us by Kieran Gillen. I think he's writing like 18 tie-ins. Yeah, he's writing a fucking shitload of them. Yeah, this, And I, uh, I like one... that it's him writing them as well, because he... Same. He, 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 you know, he's going from... He's basically just continuing his Eternals book, basically. He really is. He really, really is. And this was an easy layout because he was writing this book anyway. Yeah. And he had already planted the seeds of the X-Men because of Destiny. They know they're going to be invaded by Eternals, so they're trying to get ready. And it's really just kind of a backdrop to learn more about Bennett DePoli. Yeah, more about uh, Exodus and yes. and what, what he, he's been up to uh, in his thousand year sleep, which maybe wasn't always him sleeping yeah yeah they do some light retconning here it's so funny to me that when they brought exodus into this book and they're like oh he's gonna be on the council and everything i'm like ha, ha, ha. hickman you comedian bringing back a totally lame 90s x-men villain from the story blood ties and giving him this big important job i bet he's just gonna be there as a joke and he basically was until yeah. right now until right now yeah, when Karen Gillan's like, you know what, I'm going to write the first story about this guy. Yeah, that that's so cool. I wonder if that was, like, a thing. Like, it's like, can we earmark this character and not do anything with him until, like, my yeah. big event? Absolutely. And, you know, they, they don't really do much to, like, clean up his story. Where it's like, yeah, he's a no. religious fundamentalist. He's a dickhead. He was a Templar who, you know, kind of lost faith in human God. And he's been looking for the mutant messiah ever since. And, you know, he thought... Uh, what is it that was apocalypse and it wasn't and then he thought it was magneto and now he thinks it's hope which explains yeah. why he's been acting so weird uh with hope the entire time that mm -hmm. she's been on the council because he thinks that she's fucking jesus yeah yeah I, i've been catching up on because i was an issue and a half behind mm -hmm. and yeah I, I like his like infatuation with hope now it's like yeah you're, you're new jesus now <laughs> Which is funny because I'm like, oh my god, is he is he like trying to bang her? Is that why? Yeah, he's so it feels like, like no, that, he, eh? 
at first and then it's like oh no he just thinks she's jesus and that yeah. she's gonna give his life meaning and purpose oh my god it's almost worse than him wanting to bang her <laughs> tell me i'm good hope just tell me i'm good <laughs> and then i'm gonna go to heaven when i die if when i die <laughs> They're also tying his connection in with the Phoenix Force, which makes me wonder, is yeah. he going to get the Phoenix Force well, by the end of this? I mean, we see him with it in one of Destiny's Far future. Futures in The Expanse. He's the only mutant left. Him and uh, Mr. Sinister are the only mutants left, and he has the Phoenix Force. Yeah, are they, like, setting that up now? Where it's, again, at the end of this story, he'll actually get the Phoenix Force. Yeah. And then maybe he'll be like, I spent all this time looking for Jesus, but Jesus was me. Oh, yeah, oh, Jesus was a giant flaming alien bird creature. Yeah, but you, yes, you're going to go to Sunday school now, huh? <laughs> Do it or I'll kill you. It's just generally his way of handling everything. <laughs> Do it or else. I'm that old. I'm that old Testament religion. <laughs> Also, I wonder how Kurt feels about that because Exodus is all like, oh, I'm going to be the rock of the new mutant religion because the X gene is just a cross on its side. And somewhere Kirk's over there like, actually, dude, I'm trying to like make a new thing, you know, like no creator gods, just the pursuit of enlightenment and the spark. You're kind of you're kind of fucking up my stuff here. Oh, well, maybe he maybe Kurt didn't like take him like seriously. It's like, yeah, it's fucking Exodus. I am intrigued to see how they're going to play with Kurt against what they're what the eternals are doing which is they're, they're literally trying to make their own god again god yeah exactly how's yeah. a dude like this gonna be? i mean he basically did make their own god in the spark or at yeah. least just kind of like you know, reconstituted it as like a system of faith i know the x legion book is gonna have a tie into this and yeah mm -hmm. i hope they cover that in the tie-in i know there was a new issue that came out this week it wasn't a tie-in but nah. uh yeah. yeah yeah i didn't read that one yet yeah well, well while we're talking about that we'll talk about x-men red as well because that was a tie-in oh well. yes that was yes tell me all about that one uh this is just basically what happened to mars during uranus's one hour on mars when he blasted uh, the whole fucking place yeah and we find it only took him 20 minutes to kill everyone on the planet and he still had 40 <laughs> minutes left to just kind of like fuck around <laughs> just to just to vibe with it yeah yeah but that's basically all the book is he like turns up the mutants are like holy fuck like we'll fucking take this guy down you know it's, it's we're mutants we're fucking better than everyone Shit. else and he just obliterates fucking everyone rips out magneto's heart he fucking uh, uh wow uh, uh, like burns uh, uh cable to death uh kills um abigail bram with like her own gun <laughs> and yeah it was just all this like brutal shit and we find we, not everyone died we find um what's his name his name's like londo he's one of the one of the council members right, uh, right. He, he ends up surviving because um that weird eye creature um, oh uh arbitrex yeah uh kind of hid him in like the fucking dead bodies of everyone else because because oh, because uh yeah in it, we see him uh we see uranus like he he like kills everyone and like puts their skulls and bodies and shit in the big sh in the shape of giant x on the planet sounds about right um before he disappears and he ends up surviving and we find out that magneto is somehow alive with like a strange thing in the hole where his heart should have been it's almost like he's being oh. controlled um which is really strange because he's he's alive there but then he gets reborn mm. but 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 i'm trying to figure out how he's going to be reborn because in the issue before this before the tie-ins uh magneto revealed that he and storm no longer have any backups 
because they want to adapt to Arako way, and that means getting oh. rid of uh, the resurrection protocol for them and being of yeah. Arako. So I don't know exactly how that's happened because technically uh, Storm and Magneto should actually be dead, like mm-hmm. properly dead. Maybe they didn't get a chance to do it yet. No, they destroyed it right there in the issue because they oh, had them on like I? a little device because they offered this, this, uh, it's like a portable version of the resurrection protocols that the Cerebro has. Oh. Uh, they offered it to Araco and then they, but um, they weren't actually going to offer it. They were just going to show it to him and then they destroyed it and said, we don't accept this because we're now of Araco. Well, shit. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that. Well, they got 18 other tie-ins yeah. to explain it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. Because, yeah, that was like it was like a Chekhov's gun. It's like, you don't introduce that until you, you unless you're going to, like, use it. not going to use it. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. yeah that sounds good. Uh, what else was this week? What else was this week? Uh, okay, was, uh, was the variance this week? Yeah, the variance was this week, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not reading that book, so I don't know uh but it says five days ago but we didn't do the podcast but i don't think it was this week it was good gail simone fun stuff jessica jones has a book read it yeah uh, yeah she's she's like teaming up with like variants of herself and stuff uh she's not teaming up they're fighting each other oh actually, cool cause, oh cool because jess is so self-hating her her multiversal selves don't even, even trust each other <laughs> They're like, you're here, you must be here trying to kill me. But it's actually a little bit more interesting than that because, once again, they tie it into the Purple Man mm-hmm. where uh, Jess meets one of his other victims who apparently on the anniversary of when, you know, Purple Man first went into her mind, went crazy and murdered her entire family. Oh, good. And uh, Jess's anniversary is coming up. Oh, no. <laughs> so she fears that she might try and murder her own family. And then on top of this, all these multiversal versions of herself keep showing up. <laughs> So she's thinking, like, are these actually multiversal versions of myself, or is this just part of Purple Man fucking yeah. with is me? It, are they real, or are they illusions? Yeah. In this issue, we find out they are indeed real, because Matt Murdock and Luke Cage actually touch them. Nice, nice. So they are real. Cool, cool. <laughs> For now, at least. <laughs> but yeah, it's Gail Simone, it's darkly funny, it's good shit. I guess the only other real big book I read this week, because I guess I didn't read near as many books as I thought I did, uh... I read that uh, Batman White Knight Presents Red Hood. Oh, I haven't read that one yet. It's very fun. This is yeah. probably one of the best versions of Jason Todd I've read in anything. I was kind of hoping it was going to be pretty decent because the, the, the books all related to this uh, universe have been amazing. Yes. Yes, much much like they did with Harley and much like they did with Batgirl, they do an excellent job at having Jason recapture a lot of his own agency in his story. Excellent. Because Joker didn't kill him in this universe, no. remember? No. But he lets him go because uh, under torture, Jason does reveal Bruce's identity. And Joker's like, I'm not going to kill you because, you know, betrayal cuts deeper than any knife. And you'll live with the fact knowing that you betrayed Batman, which is why uh, Jason never returned home. Why he left and kind of ro- rode the rails for years. <laughs> Because he was too ashamed to go back and see Batman again. Uh, he says, you know, he went to the army. He worked as a mercenary. He says he worked as a professional wrestler for a bit. That makes <laughs> me laugh. But he couldn't keep doing it because he said he was too much of a shooter, whatever mm. that means. And obviously, as a wrestling fan, I know shooting means you hurt someone for real in a match when you weren't supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Which is such a Jason thing to do. And we flash back and we see his attempt to actually uh, find a sidekick of his own. Okay. 
He doesn't want to do it. Uh, a girl dressed as Robin just accosts him one day in an alley when he's beating up thugs for booze money. <laughs> because that's how far Jason has fallen now. <laughs> he only fights crime for booze money. And uh, this girl's like super impressed with him and says, like, you know, oh, you could teach me, you know, you could teach me like Batman taught you. And at first he's like, ah, fuck off, get away from me. And then he's like, no, wait a minute. If I teach this girl to be a better Robin than I was, then I can stick it to Batman and show that I'm a better friend and mentor. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what a great way to write a version of Jason that is, like, sad and pathetic, but also not like an edgy teenager. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and this uh, this girl, her name is uh, Gan. She's Mongolian, actually. Ooh. She's, like, getting cats out of trees and helping old ladies across the street and basically doing all the stuff Batman doesn't do. Oh, nice. Well, it just yeah, kind of makes sense if she's going to be a Robin, because that's yes. that's what Robin has to do—the stuff Batman doesn't do. Yes, and she's already doing, it, and she lives in Backport, which is, of course, you know, the city from the other White Knight book that we know is historically forgotten by Batman, and you know, there's a lot of racial tension there. And again, Murphy kind of does this interesting job, being like, "Oh, so this is like, you know, that." positive piece versus negative piece thing batman's too busy doing the big stuff fighting colorful supervillains that he doesn't do like the smaller stuff to stop crime on like a grassroots level but this girl is already doing that mm -hmm. and i'm like oh i like that a lot and shriek is the villain shriek from friggin uh, batman beyond oh cool he's a club owner in this universe and his club looks like a giant boom box and everyone's <laughs> certain that it's a giant fucking sound weapon <laughs> Because why wouldn't it be? Of course, of course. But yeah, so it's it's good stuff. God damn it, Sean Gordon Murphy, you did it again. You did it again. <laughs> you did it again. You know, I swear with one of these, it's like, now nah, these are going to get, like, black label. These are going to be too annoying at some point. No, they're not. Yeah, yeah. Holy, also, well, that's good. Also, too, Jason isn't Red Hood yet in this thing. He okay. has not taken that name, so this story will explain how he gets that way, because as we already know from the other books joker jack napier in this world was not the red hood no no meaning that jason probably comes by it a completely different way which i'm like huh, okay i want to see how that goes interesting interesting yeah it's good stuff cool i like it uh what else did you have i think that was everything i read this week christ i thought i read more than i did yeah i got i got a couple more books um all right go for it that? oh i had a flashpoint beyond issue four I was going to read that one next, but I ran out of time yeah. before we started. It's all right. It, I mean, it kind of comes out of nowhere. We don't follow up on that, uh, frankly, more interesting uh, story of the Kryptonian invasion. Yeah, I'm glad we agree that that's more interesting. Yeah. Thomas is annoying the shit out of me in this book because he doesn't care about anyone or anything. Yeah. He's just grousing and not being fun to read. But then you get that issue with Superman and everyone else, and they're like, no, we actually do care. We know the Flashpoint universe is fucked up, but we're trying our hardest artist to save it and be heroes you used to know that thomas yeah yeah um yeah this issue just goes it, it re remembers that uh the core story of this book was the clockwork killer which has it's barely any build up yeah. or anything at all uh but here we get the big reveal of who the clockwork killer is um so he so bruce uh not bruce uh thomas is like uh still investigating the killer uh eobard thorne was its most recent victim found in the apartment of iris west uh finds more cogs and like clockwork gears and shit in him um he begins piecing them together as dexter dent escapes thomas's manor and takes a bunch of his gear and basically dresses up as robin and uh goes to try and free his mother from arkham um who uh gilda dent is now she's two-faced now 
Um, um, yes, of course she gone is. fucking insane. Um, she, she shredded her own face. Yeah. Um, but uh, they do an interesting thing where, like, you know how, like, a Two-Face usually has, like, two voices? Yes. Um, the voice that she hears isn't the other side of her, it's someone else. Oh. Um, and we learn that... Is it Psycho Pirate? <laughs> no, no, Psycho Pirate's dead. Yes, he killed himself. Um, yeah, so he puts uh, together the clock and he figures out that the, the clock, uh, the numbering on it is the exact same as the one from inside the manor that hides the cave like mm. that that clock that hides the cave behind it oh. um which means he knows who the killer is and the killer is the martha wayne joker oh okay yeah i didn't see that coming yeah just fucking out of nowhere and she I mean, is also the one who has been talking with gilda in her head oh and, and yeah she can do that and she turns up in arkham asylum to like free gilda or, or, well, was, or, kill was her or something? well wasn't she already there was the thing because doesn't he yeah. pass her cell and keep walking yeah yeah <laughs> I, I okay yeah i i don't fucking know i i jeff johns is phoning that shit in yeah uh and then of course we get like the the vignette with like bruce and something happens with the snow globe that he took with jenny slater's watch and it unleashes yeah. something that corky calls blue shift energy which is when temporal energy comes in contact with hyper time and it creates an energy that is the most powerful en energy in the divine continuum mm -hmm. and yeah the book just ends with it like exploding over batman yeah yes i forgot this book was also about jeff johns trying to get over the divine continuum at a time when another writer is doing a crisis so it's like which yeah. which they, am they, i supposed to pay they mentioned the great here? darkness in this where it's like they, the did, they did it last week too where the yeah. time masters are like oh we gotta we gotta get to thomas yeah. wayne but you know soon not so soon because or soon yes because everything could change because there's a crisis going on right now yeah yeah so yeah it just kind of came out of nowhere they probably didn't need to do the whole clockwork like i don't give a fuck about that story the the more interesting story is everything that's happening outside uh, like we because we keep seeing those radio reports and news reports of yeah, like yeah. Ah, the task force x on this universe is made up of hundreds and hundreds of dangerous yeah, metahumans yeah. and they're now fighting wonder woman in germany and uh Which, yeah yeah the amount of set dressing in this book is insane to me because it's like is, is jeff johns just doing this to make it seem like Watchmen, which to make it seem like doomsday clock yeah yeah pro kind of feels like it because yeah everything else is more interesting like yeah that kryptonian invasion stuff with that superman and him having to probably fight his own father and all that sort of stuff. that's that's more interesting than than thomas wayne trying to figure out why his wife is now killing people <laughs> Yes, and taking multiple steps back in his, you know, character journey. Yeah, it's weird. For, for seemingly no other reason than Jeff Johns just wanted to write his version of Thomas Wayne and no one else. Yeah. I, I mean, I will admit it's better than what fucking Tolkien King was doing with the character. I mean, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, all right, what else do we got? I mean, was that it for this week? Was that everything? It feels like this show went quick. I got two more books. Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's lightning um, around these bad boys right quick. Uh, the new Shazam book. Oh yeah, yeah, the Mary Marvel. I bought that, but I didn't get to read it yet. It looks good. It looks like she's talking to a bunny. Yeah, she she's she's talking to a bunny. She decides because uh, this is following on the events of what happened in Titans Academy. So Billy Batson is trapped in the Rock of Eternity, and none of the family have their powers. So right. uh, Mary decides to move on with her life, and she decides to go off to college. 
uh, in New York, uh, away from Philadelphia, where she can try and find out who she is as a person, mm, away from right. the family and Philadelphia and superheroism. Uh, and it's here where she finds out that she's kind of like a fish out of water in that right. a lot of the people she's talking with, like the two roommates she talks with, are like already friends and they've already done so much mm, with their lives. Well, mm, Mary mm. really hasn't left Philadelphia at all. Um, yeah, which is kind of what they implied in the movie, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, she gets, she talks with Hoppy, who is one of her roommate's uh, bunnies, who gets imbued with magic from Billy to send her a message to say that she has to be the new champion of Shazam. And, and Hoppy's an old character, right? Like Mr. Tawny? I don't think so. I, I think of so. a completely different super rabbit. I want to say there was a completely different super rabbit. I think there's a completely different super rabbit. Maybe with the same name. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she doesn't want to do have any bar of this, so the rabbit makes her like kind of kind of forces her to do it by teleporting her back to uh, Philadelphia, where she has to fight a guy called Disaster Master, who's like <laughs> this this guy who's like trying to break into like a bank because he thinks he's owed money. He's got this weird blue thing on his chest, so she has to call on the power of Shazam and beat him and save some people. And yeah, she she ends up having to take on the the, the mantle of Shazam unwillingly. Mm. Um, but then she returns back to her college only to find the police there, and they tell her that Victor and Rosa have been kidnapped or like they've gone uh -oh. missing. So yeah, it, but yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. I like that the writer J C Campbell was able to capture like the cringe of like being being like someone you're not and like trying mm. to impress new people and yeah. all that sort of stuff like i thought that was pretty good yeah this is a this is like her one of her first comics like she came from like so. writing the dc animation and this is like her first yeah. series yeah yeah that's good that's a real fucking baptism by fire hey write this cult character which you know everyone is gonna have you under a fucking microscope because everyone has many different thoughts about mary marvel yeah it was fun and it had art by doc shanna so it just well that's great. always good yeah it, it looked really good that's what got me to her i'm like man this cover looks great yeah it's, it's great it's great functorial talking about the sandman show no i have not had a free minute to watch the sandman no. show yet no it looks good and it's getting fairly decent reviews yes yeah and a lot of people asking the same question where it's like, okay, so this season did good. If they keep going, what will they eventually do when they eventually get to the DC superhero stuff? <laughs> what are they going to do? Are they going to get freaking get TV's Constantine back? Are they going to get Keanu Reeves back just to fuck with us? <laughs> where are they going to go with that? Can they use Batman, Superman, whatever, if those are technically Warner Brothers properties, or would they need to create new versions of heroes for this? Yeah, yeah, I guess. We're, oh, well, I mean, Netflix could just cancel it because, you know, it's Netflix. It's Netflix. Oh, did you like that? It's dead. Yeah, too expensive. We, we need the money for Stranger Things 10. Yeah, Stranger Things. Man, I swear I like Stranger Things when it started, but the longer it goes on where it's just like, are you trying to make me not like this? <laughs> I've not watched Stranger Things since season two, honestly. I thought the first season, oh, that was super fun. Then season two was less good. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes these just need to be one. Yeah, it's the same thing. Over here. Dude, 80s. 80s is cool. 80s. Nor have I watched nor have I watched Paper Girls yet, which is funny. So many people are like, oh, Paper Girls is a Stranger Things ripoff. Motherfuckers, Paper Girls came first. <laughs> it came first, yeah. If anything, Stranger Things ripped it off, <laughs> which was the first thing I said when I watched uh, Stranger Things. Oh, wow, these guys must really like Paper Girls. 
because this is a lot like that. But now I digress. <laughs> no, I haven't watched Prey yet either, but everyone says Ooh, it's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, watch it. It's so great. I want to be in a better, less stressed mood when I sit down <laughs> and watch it. I want to actually be able to enjoy it. Yeah, it's fucking great. I'm in one of those places there where, like, I'll start stuff and be like, ah, I can't, I can't. You know, I know <laughs> I'm not giving this my full mind. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to lean in, not lean back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're part of that dem demographic in the HBO presentation. Yeah, yeah you've got to lean forward. You need an appointment to watch it. Yes. You know. It's got to have appointment viewing, got to lean forward, not lean back. Many, <laughs> many more soulless corporate speaks. <laughs> the fandom and the genre doms. <laughs> completely different but who's the genre sub is what i want to know <laughs> that's all i would like to know and what was the last book you had this week matt seeing as we're making good time uh the last book i had was al ewing's new ant-man book oh shit yeah i saw that and i almost got it but it's like a it's a flashback series isn't it? it's not like ant-man now it's like ant-man back when kinda kinda right I'll, there is a premise explain. to that uh, so it's a very meta premise in which we're introduced to someone in the year 2549. Uh, oh. It's like some scientist who's like working on like something Ant-Man related. And he, he activates something called the Marvel Experience, uh, <laughs> which is a very meta thing which tells the guy and us, the reader, to prepare for like cliffhangers and prepare for uh, a story from the past and everything. And... Uh, we oh, end up going back to the 60s uh, to a story in between Tales to Astonish, the, like one of the first uh, places where right. Ant-Man appeared. It's, it's a story between uh, one of his first appearances. And um, it's set up exactly like a comic back then would be. It's, it's extremely simple. Uh, uh, Hank and um, Janet are out at the movies and kids are fucking around with them so ant-man decides to like uh put ants in the popcorn and and all that sort of stuff and then then he gets uh caught by the antagonists who were all who were all individually previous villains he fought in various oh, different cool. tales of astonished books uh oh, so like one of them's like a guy who has like a spray bottle that's like got an alien parasitic <laughs> in it that like paralyzes people you know stupid shit like that yeah um, and he and he and ends up fighting them, and then uh, Janet helps him out, and like they free each other, and they they're planning on turning um, Hank old with like an, an old people ray, which like turns <laughs> him into an old man, um, and he, you know like he is now. Yeah, he uh, and all while this is happening, every now and then he sees like this guy uh, who's the guy from the future, just like appear and like scan his ants and then disappear. And he's like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, uh, whatever, I'm dealing with the antagonists. Um, uh, and then near the end of the book, we see that guy again, and he ends up taking Hank into the far future. And we learn that this guy, we still don't know his name, but he is the Ant-Man of the year 2549. Oh, and he needs okay. Hank's help in defeating an enemy in the future who comes from the past. Huh and then well, and, and then the book ends with like oh you've just experienced the marvel uh experience cliffhanger you know come back next issue that uh that sounds very much like a journey into mystery is what that sounds yeah, like so and i think the next issue we're, they're going to be jumping forward to like when i think either scott or eric is the ant-man oh. and they're because they're like they're like kind of dropping them into stories that have already happened interesting wow that is a big al ewing big brain concept yeah 
I like it. It's really fun. It's fun. Yeah. All right, I might have to check that out. I do have a soft spot for Ant-Man and the yeah. Ant-Man in general. It's just an yeah. interesting little legacy. Yeah, and it's nice to have Hank Pym come back as Ant-Man. Yeah, because he's like still technically dead. I guess he still is, isn't he? Oh, well, yeah, technically we dead and like half Ultron. Still Pym Tron. Yeah, wow. They have had so many options to undo that, and they haven't. Yeah, yeah. I guess because just no one fucking cares about Hank Pym. <laughs> Everyone's on the Scott Lang train now. Yeah, because he's in the movie, so you know he's the main guy. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And he's on the Disney cruise. <laughs> I watch those behind the scenes and everything there, and you can go to the special Ant-Man dinner and what you get Yeah, the Ant-Man yeah, dinner. Yeah, it's all small. It's all, all really big. All really big, yeah. And you've got, like, you know, a thing of unstable pin particles at the table that changes color, and if you get the expensive drink, you get to drink it out of a pin particle canister. <laughs> and I'm like, that's stupid. I want to do that. <laughs> it's like I can talk mad shit, but in the back of my head, it's like you would fucking drop everything to go do that if you could. Yeah. Yes. It's like that Star Wars drink that's like five thousand dollars, but you get it delivered yes. in a Camtono, and, and it opens, and there's like ice and shit. And also, apparently, you get like on top of that, you also get a trip to Skywalker Ranch and a bottle of Skywalker Ranch wine. Exactly. Which wow, leave it to Lucas to work a background deal for that for himself, <laughs> right? <laughs> Do I get to go and drink wine there? It's just like, and what do you think about that, huh? Really, uh, really brings all the flavors together, doesn't it? <laughs> now, are you sure to swirl it and give it a smell and everything? Yeah, it's my wine. I made yeah. it. Does he retroactively change the wine to like, yes, like you're drinking it? Yeah, fit. Like, right, it's not what I wanted. Not what I wanted. Now, as you'll notice, I've changed it. I you know I've made some small improvements. You know that I think are uh, much better. Really, uh, really helps the wine flow. Yeah. <laughs> Am I am I doing George Lucas or am I doing Owen Wilson at this point? Wow. Yeah, the same thing. <laughs> they're they're, they're a couple of octaves different. Wait, wait until you learn that I only have a couple of voices. <laughs> I keep trying to find a situation where I can pull out my Mike Lindell voice. Hello, I'm Mr. Pillows. <laughs> I used to smoke crack, but now I don't. I just Mr. Do, do your videos in that voice. That'd be me. Man, come April Fool's Day, I should do that. I should just it's a regular video, but I just do stupid voices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna do that next April, everyone. You you wait and see. <laughs> Alright, everyone. I guess we can start winding the show down now. That was fun. We'll be sure to be back again <laughs> next week with more good stuff. We'll have more judgment day to cover next week. Yeah, probably more fucking WB massacres oh, yeah. or whatever the fuck's going on over there no doubt go go check out my harley reviews everyone i'm really po uh, really happy with how those turned out and they're really popular on the channel so go go check them out nice you uh you got anything to promote there matt uh not really uh catching up on some some comic reviews i do have some stuff but it's kind of like moved to the back burner at the moment because works yeah quite busy at the moment but um i hear you yeah no keep an eye out for some cool reviews coming out Alrighty then. Well, we'll say goodbye to you, everyone. Bye bye. See ya.